You're listening to Scarif Bay Community Radio and its local media this week. And uh, with the programme where we have a look at the, the printed media here in Clare, the Clare Champion and the Clare Echo we have today, and uh, we give our take and we talk about some of the stories that feature, and there are quite a number of stories. Our panel today, uh, we're a little bit down on our usual panel. John S. is away, so we have Pat O'Brien. Good afternoon, Pat. Good afternoon, Jim. And David Fleming. David, you're welcome to. Thanks very much, Jim. So, let's have a look at the papers today, and I suppose in many areas of the printed media today, we have Shannon Airport mentioned, and we've talked about Shannon Airport many, many times before and the different aspects of it. But, um, David, it's it's really all over both papers today. It is, yes, Jim. Um, on the Clare Champion on the front page, uh, we have a, he- a story from Owen Ryan with a headline, Only 4% of all air passengers used Shannon Airport in 2021. 4% is tight. Now, this, he's looking at all the airports around the country. 4% um, of all passengers to Irish airports in 2021 went through Shannon. New figures from the Central Statistics Office show. Obviously, COVID-19 was very disruptive to aviation last year, making for a very strange year. Shannon's 4% was ahead of Cork, which had 3%. But Cork was closed for a couple of months due to works on its runway. So Cork would have been probably ahead, you say, um, uh, on that front. Dublin. This, is a, this is a weekend for Clare <laughs> against Cork. We, we, we hope they won't be ahead on Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> we'll just have to wait and see, uh, Pat, on that one. Dublin was hugely dominant. Uh, in terms of Irish aviation with 90% of all passengers. Um, Shannon had the exact numbers 322,162 passengers during the year, only one-fifth of the 2019 figure. And that's probably the real story, Jim um, and Pat, that last year is not really a year you can really no. take for because there was there were very few services i'm actually surprised that 322 people 322,000 were actually flying yeah. last year um but uh, we, we'd have to go back to 2019 you multiply multiply that up by a five and you'll get the real numbers so it's only probably this year when they come out with those statistics but it is a bit alarming Nevertheless, if, if there was a trend like that. Yeah, I suppose um, Dublin, given that the, the difficulties with COVID and the, the small number of flights, most of them would probably be going from Dublin anyway. In, in that scenario, yeah, that, it's, like, that, that you can't really say. No, you can't. And like Dublin last year, uh, it was mostly business people going going in and out of the country. Yeah. I, I've actually they they've actually provided a bit of facilities, uh, a bit of information on freight as well. It's, it's on page one. Only Dublin and Shannon had significant amounts of air freight in 2021, with Shannon having 15,766 tonnes. This was around one-ninth of all that Dublin had. So it's only Shannon and Dublin, seemingly, um, that are handling freight. Uh, Dublin, of course, getting the lion's share of it again. Yeah, well, I suppose that Shannon would be to the fore to a certain extent in that because of the the industrial estate, estate yeah. and all yeah. the, the manufacturing. Pat, I suppose there are other aspects of Shannon that are dealt with in the papers today besides the, yeah, the 4%. In, yeah, in, in, in page nine, 9 of the, of the echo of uh, Shannon's for and more in a services key to new, new strategy. 
uh, more, more uh, frequent train services on Janus Line and the latest port to Shannon are among the aspects taking prominence in the revised draft Limerick Shannon Metropolitan Area Transport Strategy published on Tuesday by the National Transport Authority. The, the revised LSMATS has included new proposals for investment in rail, including increased train services on Janus Line additional stations at Myros and dual tracking from Limerick Junction to Colbert Station. I suppose it's, uh, and the sport to Shannon is, 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 seems to be mentioned here in this new transport uh, yeah. strategy as well. So uh, it's, it's hard though, Pat, isn't it, to see it kind of happening with, so, with, like, with the numbers. Um, like the, it, there has to be the business case for this, and like like all like we we know how long the Western Rail Corridor took to prove that yeah. they mm. might actually make some finance. I don't know if they're making any money on it, but uh, it's pro- it's probably ideological. I would say at this stage, it's it's because the Greens and the government are really pushing trains mm. and public transport. That's why we're we're mm. talking about it. Yes. Whether it'll come into reality now, but I, I I'm a big fan of it. I have to say, whether it's financially viable or not, I think it would help. Um, having, w- I- in my younger days, no access to a car, mm. relying on the bus to get in and out from Limerick to Shannon Airport, mm. the bus sometimes not appearing and, and wondering what to do. Whereas when I was living in England as a student, um, I could hop on to a train and it would bring me to Birmingham, it'd bring me to Stansted, mm-hmm. it'd bring me to London. Mm-hmm. You know, I yeah. think the trains, when they work, they can work very well. Yeah, but population-wise, uh, you know, the west of Ireland probably isn't. Uh, yeah. and, and of course, since the trains, uh, you're, you're not at small, uh, we'd say, lines closed, and you're, you're like the west of Clare, west Clare and you're west of yeah. Cork and all those. Mm-hmm. And uh, people got to... Got, uh, Step travelling in, in, in chaos and yeah. uh, the trains yeah. then kind of uh, were in the back pile of a lot of people like yeah. in, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah exactly. I, I would say it's the it's the, the green aspect of it yeah. which may mm. push it. But I don't think any of our airports in Ireland, none of our major airports, I don't think any of our airports at all have train services. No, not even no. Dublin. No. no. And and they've been talking about the Dublin one for two decades, if not longer, James. That's right. Um, yeah. I think it's barmy. I, yeah. I can't understand why, mm. particularly Dublin, where the population would sustain it. Mm. Um, where, where Metro North, it's called, um, mm. and it, it was never built. But the, the Shannon one would certainly be. It's it's very doable. It is doable. Yeah. space and yeah, yeah. You know, it, it wouldn't be that difficult no. from a technical and, point of view. And it might help. I mean, there are a lot of people living in Shannon, working in Limerick, mm. and Limerick people who come out to the airport yeah. who, who right. work. So it's not just the airport, it, it's the town itself yeah. that Se- would benefit. Certainly, I suppose, it's the green agenda, they probably, and uh, the train would, 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 should maybe, from the airport point of view, it should be the, the industrial estate as well, where yeah. the young people from Limerick out, out to yeah. work and, and back in. Makes again. sense. And then, Pat, surely we'll have to rename the airport Limerick Shannon Airport. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's having Cork Airport before it's finished. Cork Mark Two, mm. Cork tu- North Airport. The tunnel is mm. half. The tunnel is called Limerick Tunnel. It should have been called the Shannon Tunnel. <laughs> and of course, <laughs> the other good news, I suppose, with Shannon is the, the proposed David two hundred new jobs there. Well, this is a, this is great news, isn't it? Um, page thirteen of the Clare Echo Porrick McMahon has the story. Ryanair partner close to creating 200 jobs so it's not it's not confirmed yet but it's 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 probably nearly there up to 200 new jobs are close to being secured in Shannon in what 
in what is a new deal between Ryanair and Shannon Group. A hangar that was previously occupied by Lufthansa is now set to come back into use and bring with it about uh, or between 150 to 200 jobs in the areas of aircraft maintenance and repair. Uh, so there, it says here, Porig says that they're close to signing a deal to transfer the use of the hangar. It was reported last week on this hangar business, but now we find out it's Presswick Air Aircraft Maintenance, whose only client is Ryanair, is poised to open the facility. The Scottish jet maintenance firm currently employs about 500 people at Presswick, which is in Scotland, I think, and a further 1,300 locations elsewhere in Europe. Presum presumably, the Ryanair will bring planes into Shannon then for maintenance. Oh yes, I'd say so. Yeah. I'd imagine. So. I know there. Are, I mean, there's a small number of Ryanair planes based in Shannon, but I would imagine yeah. to justify taking over that Lufthansa hangar and creating 200 jobs. Yeah, that has to be in the planes. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. I remember some years ago. I, I trying to think of the details of it now, but Ryanair were proposing to um, bring a lot of maintenance jobs to Dublin Airport, mm. but the, the government and the DEA, for some reason, were putting obstacles in the way. Yeah, yeah. Now, maybe Ryanair's demands and in other areas were, were too much or more than they could well, stomach. But, yeah. uh, well, Ryanair certainly um, um, negotiates a, tough a good deals for them. Hmm. Um, so it might have been some sort of... Something. It might have been about money or something. But, you know, th this, is, this is pretty good because it brings... The, like, aircraft maintenance is highly skilled. Hmm. We have uh, in the University okay, of yeah. Limerick aeronautical engineering, yeah. which I I know nothing about aeronautical <laughs> engineering, but I suspect it's all related. Yeah. And no, so it's, it's good. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. good. It's good that we have you know the tech. I, it may have been a factor in the decision yeah. that there are people qualified no. in this area yeah. Yeah, who will be able to work. You have a lot of companies in China and outside of this company just doing uh, maintenance as well. So you, you do. Yeah, and you in do. fact. Pat, I, we had our delayed um, ceremonies for the COVID years in the university. I met three engineers uh, on last Saturday, uh, or now Saturday, two weeks, and they said they were working in Shannon in yeah. the aircraft maintenance it's industry. Business, yeah. Yeah. So mm -hmm. it goes to show you that, you know, and that, that of course keeps people in the, keeps young people in the area. It does, and even in Tumraney where you have aerowine. Exactly. I mean, that's an industry that's, there that I know it employed over 30 people at one stage before mm. the before the COVID yeah. mm -hmm. crash, we mm. call it. But I'm presuming that they're up and running again, uh, where, where they they do rewinds on motors, motors from, yeah, aircraft. from aircraft. Mm. Yes, there's all these ancillary mm. um, businesses associated with yeah. it, isn't there? And Pat, there's one area there in the paper where uh, they're suggesting that the government give the DAA a little push towards an All-Ireland approach to aviation. Well, I said we'd all like to see that happen. But, um, aviation needs an All-Ireland approach. Uh, Party has the, has the story here, Party McMahon, on, the, on page 21 of the Echo. Officials in the, Department, in the Department of Transport need to compel the DAA to, par to partner with the airports in the regions to solve the the capacity crisis to ensure that passenger delays are avoided. The Mike Chamber have said, latest advice from the DA for passengers flying over Dublin Airport is to arrive two and a half hours before the departure of short haul flights to Europe and the UK. The recommendation for long haul passengers is up to three and a half hours. Passengers flying on short haul flights taking off after 8.30 
and advised not to arrive at the airport earlier than six or six, six o'clock. CEO of the Limerick Chamber, D. Ryan, has said the problem at Dublin Airport can be relieved by transferring certain flights to Shannon, Cork, Ireland, uh, West Airport, Knock, and Kerry Airports, all of which are significant spare, have, have significant spare capacity, particularly, particularly if the COVID recovery in airports is ready, the capital is happening at a much slower pace. So, of course, we'd, we'd all, we'd all, um, we'd all uh, back up this. Uh, I can't uh, see the ID. DAA agreeing to that. Well, they won't, they won't, they won't agree unless there's some, some, some hot scalp in there. But it is daft. I know we probably have talked about it before where, you know, people queuing for a plane or coming for three hours. I know mm. a past pupil of mine, he used mm. to work in Clare FM, Alan Cantwell, and he was three hours in the airport and missed his flight well, they, yeah, there yeah, recently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think they are getting to grips with it um, because my better half flew in and out of Dublin uh, there this week and four minutes it took her to get through security. No, that was good. Now, so, so, I mean, and she looked at all the security personnel. There were, I don't know how many she said, but they were all of them twiddling their thumbs. So, yeah, yeah. I, whether it was just at a particular time of the day that it was quiet and of course in the morning times that's when there is a log jam after, and at weekends you imagine now this weekend it'll be fairly busy at Dublin Airport yeah there mm-hmm. was actually Dublin Airport advertising on clear of him uh, about uh, being there two and a half hours and, and three and a half hours before yeah. yes. before, we were, before yeah. you fly yeah. 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 whereas in Shannon you can literally walk, walk in, in go yeah, through yeah. security and onto your flight, onto your flight. yeah, yeah. yeah. So I see a lady, a lady the other day on, on, was it in the paper or was it on, on the phone about her, she, she flies in and out of Ireland, um, she'd, be gone, she'd be out of Ireland for 10 days, she went out, she went out earlier in the year there now for 10 days and she passed her care for, I think for 65 euros and she booked, she had booked again for I think later on in I think August, September to go for 10 days again and she, 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 um, she checked up her, her parking fees and there were, there's 130 now. Oh, in Shannon? No, in, in, in Dub- Dublin. Yeah. Yeah. No, these, these were in, Dub- yeah. these in were Dublin. Dublin. Yes. Yeah, yeah. like if, if it goes on like that, I think flyers will think twice about it. Uh, about as, as the cost of living goes up, mm. the people will look again. And if you're in the Midlands at all, like there's no sense though if you're in Dublin coming to Shannon, because even though you might be in a queue in Dublin for two hours, it's a yeah. two hour journey to Shannon. Mm. But if you're in the Midlands, or Galway, or yeah, Galway. South. Yeah, it makes it. It should make sense to you to come to Shannon Airport Galway, if you can get the flight yeah, where Gal- you want to go. Yeah, Galway, Galway, and to play an Tip and and Leash yeah. and Offaly yeah. and up all around there. And so they'd be down in Shannon in Orland from you know, the mortal yeah. The number of flights, of course, from Shannon have increased enormously in the past six months. Well, have, yeah, you know yeah, the, yeah. the destination. Yes, that's yeah. right. And, and hopefully that will continue. And, uh, we, we spoke last week about um, Malta and Corfu, and mm-hmm. I've been looking at my flights and I've been looking <laughs> my holidays. So. Um, I see. Uh, I, I, I say Shannon advertised there on Claire FM on regularly about flying out from Shannon. But I know at the at the at the in the Galway radio and the Leash radio and the Tipperary and all the way up around the Midlands yeah. and all those. Yeah. Well, you'd hope I, so. I, you'd be hoping so. Yeah. You would. You yeah. would. Be, uh, you know. Okay. We move on from Shannon, and I'm sure we'll be back to it again. Uh, 
Pat, you burn tarp. Oh, I do, Tim. I always burn tarp. I cut, when I cut my own, I end up being enough to have a call. Yes, so you're not going to be affected by the... the <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, it's featured in both papers this week. Which is, uh, yeah, um, tough talking, TD says, plans lack reality. Uh, Michael McNamara um, is here on the uh, own right of the story. Proposal to ban the sale of truck have been discussed for weeks now, but there appears to be little support for the move around here, one of the countries where a significant percentage of people use the fuel. Claire Treaty and Michael McNamara said that a degree of realism is missing from the Green Party's approach to the issue. The Green, the, the green, green Party have correctly identified problems, but I think their solutions lack reality. It's hard, well, and good to increase taxes on things like green, diesel, then tough, then decent debt, and other. But the purpose of all, of all that is to shape behaviour where there are alternatives, where there are no alternatives in place. So, I suppose he's, what he's saying is really that. Um, you, you could be in all these rules and regulations, but if you don't have something to back them up, there's no point in, in, in bringing them in, really, in, in, in the other the top of, you yeah. know. And of course, he's right to a degree. I know, I know there's a certain amount of, of, of people dying from, from well, yeah, dust, dust and all that, but uh, maybe, they, they, maybe there's, 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 there's a huge amount of people in, in, in towns and cities and maybe uh, people in Scarif and Killaloo and various places around where they're dependent on Timber and Tuff to pay their homes. Well, but now, yeah. And they might be if they vote, you know, Timber and Tuff. The article goes on um, to give the uh, Senator Gar- Roisin Garvey's response and she gives the, the fact that 1,300 deaths are caused every year by air pollution. But can I, can I come back to the very start of the article by Owen Ryan? Uh, and he, it's, it's himself, Owen Ryan, who's saying this, presumably no relation to Minister Ryan. Uh, proposals to ban the sale of turf have been discussed for weeks now. Uh, 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 but there appears to be little support for the move around Clare, one of the counties where a significant percentage of people use the fuel. Now, gentlemen, I did my homework. Uh, do we know what percentage of people in County Clare burn turf in their fires? I don't know, really. I, I don't Would you have a guess at it, Jim? That's Pat now, but he'll be thinking about it. To be difficult enough to maybe to come up with it, because people, if they're cutting their own, would they be included in that? Well, they would, because I'll tell you, if you remember, in the current census, there is a question. Can't remember now what number question it was, and it asked you, what did you burn in your... And that set me off. I said, right, the last census was in 2016. I'll look it up. I'll look up the Central Statistics Office. And the figure is... 7.2% of houses in County Clare burn turf. Peat, including peat briquettes. So if we even remove the peat briquettes, it's much smaller. Now that's, what's that, seven years ago. Hmm. Um, nationally, do we know what the figure is? I'll tell you, 5%. 5% of the population of the country burn peat or peat briquettes. And yet, this story has dominated <laughs> it is, yeah. the, the airwaves. And it strikes me that the tail here is very much wagging the dog. And Owen Ryan, I would say now, would need to revise his statement that a significant percentage, I would say a significant percentage is anything up over 30, 40, 50%, but 7% mm. is tiny. Yeah, I, I would wonder if it's not more than 7%, but I have no idea. And, you know, well, this but, is people now who, who in the census in 2016 who were asked that question. Yeah. What do you predominantly burn? 
in yeah. your in your fireplace, mm -hmm. and and they ticked the the piece, including PPK. But of course, it's not the first time that turf has been, uh, you know, at the top of the news in terms of what's being discussed at a political level. You know, I mean, it was very much there a few years ago, and the whole turf cutting thing with and the bogs and with the with the there were stopping people. Yeah, yeah. well, the EU, there was an EU directive, yeah, uh, and wasn't there? They, they were going to pay so much. Uh, they pay you so much if you were a regular turf cutter. Yeah, you yeah. you get fifteen. You were supposed to get fifteen hundred euros a year, but I think when they when they done the figures, to, uh, uh, it got very expensive. So they forgot about it. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I would say a lot of people would would maybe have a little turf. And burn that with timber. I wouldn't say there are too many <coughs> no, who, who burn turf only. No, no, yeah, no, yeah, you know. yeah, yeah. The, mm. the other thing is, I suppose, uh, maybe why the government are running into trouble is, like, first of all, they, they want to stop us burning all fossil fuels, mm. and presumably that's turf and timber and, and, and coal and yeah. oil and everything. Yeah. yeah. Um, but to just say. The cut-off date is about four months' time, and after that, there'll be no way you can buy turf yeah. mm -hmm. uh, in in the country. Uh, it seems to be that the the running is too short. Yeah, well, the, yeah. I, I think, think that's the, one I of the problems. The, the major problem is the politicians and the government fails to manage this because it's the, the issue has been around for two for the previous two ministers. Yeah. I think it was Nocton and the previous environment minister who tried. Why it's the environment minister, not the health minister, I don't know, because it's actually a health measure. Hmm. Um, it's, it's, it's not just turf, of course, it's all smoky fuels. Well, yeah, I think hmm. they want, what they wanted to do was to see, they wanted to, to ban the smoky coal yeah. in the country. But they couldn't do it without banning, banning, without the banning everything else. Mm. The tough, yeah. yeah, and wet timber. But, and wet but, timber, but yeah. to say then that 1,300 people a year die from... from According now to Senator Garrett, yeah. From turf burning. From air pollution. But yeah. I mean, air pollution as is cars, planes, all sorts of vehicles, mm. yes. as well as timber and turf yeah. and coal. Yeah. I mean, it's it's... When you said the tail wagging the dog, I think the turf thing is only the tip of the tail in terms of the number of people who who you know well, fall ill because of true because they, of but turf. They, but they, uh, I, I, and I'm sure it says here uh, the Irish Heart Foundation and Asthma Ireland have called for these regulations to be brought in. So if you were suffering from asthma, and we and. There is reports regularly from Ennis um, about poor air quality, right, yeah, yeah, and yeah. so it's it's one factor. But you see, I think to be fair to the government, it's certain TDs who have focused in on just this very one small aspect of it, and it mm. is only a small. As you've rightly pointed out, mm. air pollution. There's all sorts of problems with the air pollution, but for whatever reason, some TDs have decided because it may be. It may help them at the polls, and particularly Midlands TDs, where turf burning is much higher. I had a look at this as well. It's much, mm. much higher, of course. People have access to, to uh, peat briquettes there and so on. Um, but that know, does mean as well that it affects a good few people, because, I mean, the TDs um, presumably are reflecting the concerns of their constituents. Yeah. And well, they, does Deputy and McNamara, you know, I wonder, does Deputy McNamara realise that the statistics there from the Central Statistics Office that I present that he might not get as many votes as he 
<laughs> if he's thinking along those lines. Now, I, I think he's actually, if you read his comments very closely, he has no problem with banning with the, with the removal of turf, actually, or, or the, the, the regulation per se. He's actually saying it's too quick and we shouldn't be doing it. Uh, it's, and he says minimal, minimal impact anyway. Um, and he's saying, I think he says also there, if I've read it correctly, that... Uh, or it says somewhere that it is slowly, and they're all. If you listen to all the TDs, it is a dying mm. industry. So it is. And then O'Neill or uh, O'Neillan has an article yes. there. Oh, yeah. sorry, you. you well, have maybe it's that where I. Yeah, O'Neillan. Yeah, inside, in, inside look at Chaos political spectrum. Um, he is um, uh, a weekly conservative here to the Chaos Echo. Trust Ben will eventually be absolute. Uh, what I want to really say is that. Um, as we were saying, it was as well that maybe just a bit to assume that they needed to have something in place, and that eventually it will, uh, the trough will, yeah. will, uh, mm. will, will, will be will, will be will be gone. Yeah. And, and Patty was sort of reflecting to the the, rom the romance of of the trough yeah, because yeah, well, yeah. he, he the, starts the, the, the bog, article yeah, when yeah. he was a young fella out in the bog and so on. Yeah. Mm. Um, and of course, in Cork we had no bog, so I was never out in the bog. <laughs> Um, and there, there isn't a lot of romance in <laughs> spending a day in the <laughs> no, bog. No, no. You know, it's <laughs> <laughs> we were young for us, Jim. We were half men, and we were we were not watching. We were, uh, uh, and, and all I can remember is an aching back, <laughs> an aching back, and, yeah. and midges yeah. all yeah. going up yeah. my nose and into <laughs> yeah. my ears. But but bogs are bogs are very important places, uh, particularly for soaking up all of the. And uh, there are so many different proposals now for re wet yeah, for really wet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the archaeology that comes out of them. We, of course, have been out um, out uh, at the bog, um, this radio station, interviewing yeah. various places. Yes, uh, in Cool Ray. In Cool Ray Bog. And, and we may have exciting news. We haven't the results back yet, but archaeologists from the National Museum were down last year to have a look at, at a totter, which is a, an Iron Age, well, we're presuming an Iron Age road from the time of Brian Baru, roughly. Um, but we haven't got the results of it yet. So bogs are very interesting Brilliant. places. Okay, uh, Owen, uh, just, I'll go, oh, just a small bit here, Jim. Owen, Owen has it here in his, um, his, uh, his article. He said, at a meeting of the Fine Gael Parliamentary Party in which um, Mr. Ryan was invited, many treaties, including Clare's Joe Cale, agreed the Green Party leader on the plans. It was described at a chintz meeting with emotions running high. <laughs> Make no mistake about it, we, we, we need to act fast to encounter climate change, to mitigate against future determinative effects, effects it will have an option on So it was just fairly I think they asked him if he ever saved her. <laughs> but I was, I was listening, Jim, to very quickly, I was listening to the Sinn Féin representative on this, and, uh, on national radio, and she said, it's back-breaking work. Yes. <laughs> and and like most turf is not cut oh, tough, by hand anymore. No, it is cut mm -hmm. by machine. Yeah. Now you it's have to save machine. it and yeah. you have to stack it and all the rest. Yeah. Um, but there is the, uh, this is a bit of the romance and maybe the myth in many urban places that I think we they think that we still you know cut turf as we did two hundred years ago. But most of the turf you buy, the commercial turf, probably hasn't been handled. No, Ever. probably hasn't. No, no. since it's yeah. no. Okay, we need to go on. Uh, David, not good news, um, maybe for you or for many, some of your colleagues, the, the northern distributor route uh, in Limerick. 
seems to be floundering. That's and right. A lovely photograph there on page two of the Clare Champion. Yeah. Um, Owen Ryan again has the story. Billion euro plan could be left on road to nowhere as NDR, which stands for Northern Distributor Road, shelved. Uh, at a briefing for elected representatives this week, it emerged that the second phase of the Northern Distributor Road is not being, spelt incorrectly, being included in the Limerick Shannon Metropolitan Area Transport Strategy. And this is the road that is um, that is envisaged will connect the Kuna, so the Ennis Road Kuna at Kuna, yeah. and bring it right around um, um, o- over to, to Mealy and Parteen yeah. mm. and over to the northern bit of the University of Limerick and eventually link the motor link towards the motorway mm. across the River Shannon and and it obviously has um, connotation uh, has consequences for the proposed uh, strategic development zone that was. Um, it is being planned by Clare County Council, the so-called new university town, um, which the council is planning with UL. But if the road doesn't happen, there certainly won't be new, any strategic development zone. So it's being left out of this plan. And if you if you if you're left out of the plan, it's not going to it's definitely not going to happen. Um, uh, we're not sure why it's been left out. So half or a bit of the road has already been is being built at the moment. The bit from Kuna um, to Milik. To Milik. Uh, and uh, of course, as it says here, yeah, to Nakhichevan, yeah, yeah, and it's around about there, and then to stop in there. So uh, really, it's a bit silly to be 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 yeah. going down that end of it But it's kind of kind of what we do in this country, isn't it? We build a bit of the road and we have to wait for a long while until it's actually finished. You like and look look at the motorway. Yeah. The the the, 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 the Limerick Ennis Tune motorway and how mm. long you know, you stopped at Gort. It is, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then you had to make your way uh, to Galway yeah. that way. Mm. And that took a long time to get done. But it, it did get done. I imagine, listen, I imagine that it 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 probably won't be in the lifetime of this government, so another two and a half years or two years. Uh, it'll probably be the next government before I we see this mm. happening. Miss, Mr. Ryan is in, power, is, is in trouble in that one as well because he's, uh, he's the Minister for the Environment. He, he, wasn't ha- uh, he wasn't too happy about it, it has to be said. <laughs> but but I, uh, it's, this is the... I don't know who is the author of the Shannon, Limerick Shannon Metropolitan Area Transport Strategy. I suppose it's a combination of the Council, the National Transport Agency and so on. I don't know. But yes. It's been left out anyway, presumably because they've not no money. They've no money, obviously that must be the reason. Pat, can I ask you a question before we come to the break? Do you believe in ghosts? <laughs> I don't want to this one. <laughs> well, no, because if you just because you never met one, does that mean they don't exist? Well, I, I, we, I, I, I wouldn't say one way or another. She never got there. Is agnostic, Jim? On the matter, I don't really know. There's a story there in the Clare Champion on page three. Is it? Yeah, it's very interesting. The Queen has it. Yeah, on page three. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The, the old Our Lady's uh, hospital. Hospital. Yeah. yeah. Paranormal investigators have captured an eerie image of what they believe is the spirit of a child at a window in the former Our Lady's Hospital in Innes. Members of the Par- Paranormal Supernatural Investigation Island visited a site at the old Innes Asylum last week where they took hundreds of photographs and there was video footage and voice recordings from the outside. Among the images taken is a picture of a window 
which with what they claim is a small child's face in the bottom right corner. So you have evidence there, Pat, um, that because the photo is reproduced here on page three. I think actually, Jim, the, the, our, between our radio show um, and us talking about it and them producing the, the, the sales of the Clare Champion will go up massively as people will want to see this. So, J Pat. It's the first time I've seen a picture of a ghost, a real ghost. And the so, Jim, we'll ask you the same question then. Do you believe in ghosts? <laughs> Obviously do if you're saying you've seen one in the champion. Well, I, I'm, since I'm chairing this discussion, <laughs> I have to stay neutral. Uh, I had to look really hard. You have to look really hard um, uh, at the picture to, in order to identify what they're talking about. But then once you see it, you see it always. I, I, I actually think it looks like an alien. Hmm. Um, or, or if it is, it's a, it's a child wearing a mask because the eyes. It, uh, trying to describe it, it's it's it could be a shadow. It could be a bit of um, it could be a bit of dust on the inside of the window or something. But the 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 two eyes that you can see look enormous and out of proportion, and more alien-like than ghost-like. Okay. I would say so. Sure. Maybe we have the wrong investigators maybe we need to have the ufo alien investigators yes, to get nasa and, and exactly yeah. well they're going to move inside the building now but they'll have to get permission from the from the from the owners to do more investigations Jim. so okay so listen we've reached the halfway point we've gone past the halfway point actually so pat um what will we we'll take a break and uh, we'll have a bit of music well it's first um Claire and, and, and Cork are uh, in action as we go out today, Jim, on the, on the radio, and um, at two o'clock today, and uh, we'll have my lovely Rose of Claire from Penny O'Reilly. Lovely. Up the banner. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my lovely Rose of Claire, you're the sweetest girl I know. You're the queen of all the roses Like the pretty flowers that grow You are the sunshine of my life So beautiful and fair For I will always love you My lovely Rose of Clare wasn't that a lovely song, Pat? Yeah, it was. Yeah. My lovely Rose of Clare. Hopefully we'll be, we'll be, we'll be, singing, we'll be singing it on Sunday evening. Yes. Roses wilt, you know, after <laughs> a while. <laughs> they only wilt when they're cut down. <laughs> see. These are flourishing roses. Anyway, let's go on. Uh, much coverage uh, this week in the papers of the proposed Limerick Scarif Greenway. And I know there is a, a, a consultation process on at the moment with um, with the public in relation to the Greenway, and there have been some public sessions already during the week, and I think there are some more coming up next week. Um, but there's a piece there in the paper, David. I mm. think maybe that that's uh, right. Page you're looking at page four of the champion Fiona McGarry has the story um, on it Jim um, Clare landowners assured of best practice on Greenway consultation and of course uh, as you've said the consultation is underway so they are, they are trying to reassure people um, particularly landowners who, who might be affected by it. it there's 41 kilometres altogether which is not an insignificant uh, distance 
Um, but there, there are further consultations. The consultations this week were in Scariff and Ogunolo and um, the consultation. The next one is on Wednesday, next May 4th at Clonlara Community Centre and the following evening in the Kilmurray Lodge Hotel. But Jim, I think you have, you, you've got some intelligence. Now, it's not reported in the papers, but you have some intelligence on, on the routes, on the various possibilities. Yeah, well, there are, basically there are three uh, suggestions put out. And if you go to one of these, um, these public consultation meetings, uh, you will be able to get your hands on, you know, a collection of maps which will show you basically show you roughly the routes that at the moment they're considering. Nothing has been etched in stone yet or nothing has been decided, but um, there are three routes that are potential routes, uh, particularly the, the one from Killaloo to Scariff. Mm, mm. And um, you can make what you like of those. Certainly those people who are affected landowners, whatever, should definitely, if they're not already aware, mm. they should make themselves aware. Yeah. So yeah. so they can be satisfied that, yeah. that they're happy with it, mm. you know. Um, it's, I know we were talking um, on News Extra, um, which was on yesterday and again this morning, we were talking to... Um, Ono Hagen, our own Ono Hagen, who was very, who, who was in at the very start of this, and and was pushing this idea a number of years ago, and also um, Aina Rowe, who's the regional manor, manager of Waterways Ireland, who are directing this oh. process at the moment, and um, it's 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 very very positive. I mean, it's a very very positive story. Mm. There's bound to be little things to be ironed out yeah. and difficulties to be overcome, but. You know, having a greenway like this coming up through from Limerick up to Scarlet and potentially further, you and know, potentially down the line. further. Although uh, it's a game changer, really, because anywhere where a greenway has gone in, they have brought a lot, particularly a lot of domestic tourism to the place, and it will be just a one other feather in the East Clare tourism um, offering. Especially once you get uh, the the Holy Island and Inish Culture experience set up, and all the other little bits and pieces, it all adds up. It does. And as we've said before, uh, for visitors, you need a whole suite or a whole menu of things for them mm. to do. And if you think of the the we'll say the the Greenway, even from Kiriloo up to Mount Shannon, let's say, all the things that are off that, and you're looking at, exactly. at Kiriloo at the various, you know, historical mm. monuments and, and yeah. places of interest yeah. and you come up to Tungraney Scarif and then on to Mount Shannon there are so many things there exactly um, which are historical or cultural mm. um, so it's the, the, that suite of things is is there it is the there and this will open it up I mean this will open it up and if one if Covid Pat if Covid did anything it it mm. showed us the value of the outdoors didn't it it did yeah it did of course yeah mm. actually anything that brings people into the, into the place and tourism is great around the, it does. around the country and I suppose you'll be wanting one green, to the mills will you will you be wanting a green way to the mills will you well they the have green. the 12 o'clock hills which <laughs> yeah. are the Green, the green Party place. probably were pushing all those as well. They're, 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 maybe that might be one good thing that they, the Green Party do. <laughs> <laughs> I think they were actually there before. Like the first Greenway, if I can recall correctly, was up in Mayo, the yes, Westport. Yeah, Westport yes. one, yeah. yeah. Westport and I did to Echo. That's think. right. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, that's been there now a good while. Yes, and yeah. I've done a bit of it, and yeah. it's hugely successful. Yeah. And yeah. the one in Dungay, I was in Dungay, and that's 
gets uh, that is enormously successful as well. And I'd say when the Kerry one opens, it'll outshine everybody. Yeah. Okay. And West Finlay, there's one in West Finlay. There is. That's right. That's very successful too. David, there's a photograph there in the paper of a stonemason at work. There is. Uh, um, on page five of the Care Champion. That's right. And uh, in an area that you know well. Indeed, and I do. And I this this was, I think, last year, even two years ago, and I can't remember now which. It was during the pandemic, anyway, um, when this photograph was taken. It's of, it's of an Ennis Diamond stonemason. Um, Owen Madigan is his name. And the Tomb Grady Development Association, with the Follies Trust, uh, of Ireland, uh, which is a body which kind of thinks about all these obscure relics of the past, um, brought him in to the to the lime the disused lime kiln on the Raheen estate down Redden's Keyway, um, just off Tomb Graney there, and uh, he's an expert stonemason. He's a sixth generation. Would you believe? The Madigans uh, have been in that profession for, for over 200 years. I knew I know Owen Madigan from another project which is mentioned here, the O'Brien Column in Liscanner. If you're on the way up to the Cliffs of Moher, you'll see this very tall column with an, an urn at the very top of it. And that was about, I'd say it was about to fall, another major storm and it would have come down. It would have never gone up Yes. Um, again. so. They did a job on that. He was the mason employed. He is one of these rare people today where he actually knows the old crafts of, of lime mortar and lime plastering and stonework. And uh, uh, they brought him into Tomb Grainy to, to take out the dirt out of the bowl of the lime kiln where the stone would have been put in, the limestone would have been put in, a fire lit at the very bottom, and the the uh, and layers of turf, yes. I have to say, mm. uh, would have been oh, yes. put in at various stages, <laughs> and the burning process. In the stone. Yeah. Fortunately, fortunately, we don't burn lime much anymore. Yeah. Mm. Um, but but that was was in um, has been disused for decades, and the Dungreeny Development Association. Uh, I think in the 90s probably did the outside walls and actually now just finished it and visitors can come and have a look at it. But anyway, Owen Madigan is there and he is, the article is about him trying to share his knowledge. So if people, um, young or old, are interested in masonry and, and these valuable skills, uh, there's a, a means there of contacting him um, and he does various workshops. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, yeah I, I, all over the country, I know there's a bit of boarding, he's up in Kildare, um, you know, and, and Donegal, Mayo, he has, he has worked on different projects around the country. He has, he's highly skilled and, he, and he employs a group of, of masons himself, so there's another yeah. man there yeah. present mm-hmm. as well. And, and while we're talking about Tumgraney and the road down to Redden's Quay, I see, and it's, it's featured on page 13 of the Champion, uh, a planning application for 52 houses. Oh, yeah. So um, that's... 52 houses would, would fairly increase the size of Tumgraney, wouldn't it? Certainly would. Um, and as you say, Jim, located very near where this lime kiln is, it's an open field area. It's there, if you turn down to Redenski, it's on the right-hand side, uh, part of the old Raheen estate, I suppose you'd call it. Uh, but the planning permission has gone in um, for 52 houses. Uh, 
Developer Michael Pearl is proposing to demolish an existing pumping station and build 52 houses in a mix of bungalows and two-storey units on a 3.96 hectare site on the Dock Road in the village. Um, and the article just tells you about what is being planned. What I didn't know or what maybe listeners may be curious about, there was actually an application went in in 2008 to demolish the pumping station and build 89 homes. Seems like an enormous amount of homes. Um, of course, this is the tail end of the Celtic Tiger That's there. Right. Um, and funny enough, conditional planning was at the time granted, but it was overturned by Unblord Planola. Uh, there were a number of, of, of objections at the time. Presumably, um, Jim, I think you were saying there was no sewerage at the time. There was no. Yeah, I mean, the whole sewerage system between Scarif and Tumgraney was developed or redeveloped some years after that. So uh, I would imagine that maybe that was part of the reason as well why yeah. it would be overturned. Like there, there obviously there are advantages and disadvantages to this. Um, the advantages of bringing fifty-two new homes, if they get fifty-two new yeah. homes, is the schools, yeah. um, mm. the businesses that are in the village and in mm. Scarif. Remember, I see Scarif. Uh, this is sacrilege now, but mm. I see Scarif Tomb Grady is essentially one place. one area, and yeah. I think you know most people do. I know yeah. that. On the hurling field, things might be different. <laughs> different. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah um, it's it's um, for most people who drive in. Yeah. Scarif and Tumgrainy yeah. are the one unit. So, so it's, it's a, a, a substantial site. It says three point nine six hectares. So that's about eight acres, Jim. Is it? Would it be? Just yeah, it would be. I was actually doing a calculation today. Um, I, I was calculating what twenty five hectares was. Uh, on another thing, because there's a new thing on up in Wicklow, a twenty five hectare site mm-hmm. with with um, solar panels oh, wow. oh, yeah. sorry 20 yeah, 25 hectares and i discovered on google that it was 61 acres, 61 acres that's a lot so, so yeah, you're, you're, almost you're, three times you're, you're going yeah you're, you're going what 3.96 definitely about eight or nine eight acres, or nine acres yeah. 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 so mm. it's, it's a substantial development like tomb mm. grainy itself probably only has um i don't know what 20 30 houses in it maybe yeah, less yeah it's most 52 houses um, nicely in place, if the, as long as they wouldn't be too, too close together, yeah. it would be fine yeah. in, in, yeah. in eight or nine acres. Possibly. So, I mean, we'll have to wait and see what the council says. There is the planning, I mean, this is the opportunity to contribute um, whether you support it or don't support it. This is the, the, the four week period is open now for observations and so on. Okay, we're, we're talking about what, five houses to an acre. Yes, sure, I suppose you are. Yeah, yeah five, It does mention the long six, gardens or, or yeah, big yeah, gardens. Yeah, yeah. Our time is moving. Mm. Uh, there's a piece in the Clare Champion, Pat, about the curlew in Schlievati. And they were looking at... Um, once upon a time, you had 5,000 pairs of curlews in... Presume in the country, mm. or was it in the county? I can't remember now. I, but, uh, and it's asked down to 100 now. Yeah, open your eyes to, to help the curlew cons- conservation in, slow, in the sleeve arties. At current rates, the curlew could be extinct as a breeding species by 2030. Porus O'Gibbon, is it? Yeah. Unmistakable call of the curlew was once commonly heard in the Irish countryside. Its lonely cry has been heard by generations of Irish people in spring, musicians and poets alike. However, we may very well be the last generation to hear the colour as they return to their breeding grounds in the spring. 
The national breeding population of Irish colours has suffered drastically with number of breeding pairs reduced by at least 96% since the 80s, making the colour Ireland's only board, of, uh, board on the ICUN red list of threatened species. The, the drastic decline has brought Ireland's breeding population from approximately 5,000 pairs in the 80s to just over 100 pairs today. As, at local level, this co correlates as to estimate the only three, only three less in the in this life, in the entire sea range in 2021 was only one bird fledged. These are sort of serious. These are very serious. It's sad. It's very sad, yes, really, yeah. because I, I've I've been lucky enough. Um, to have heard, I'm sure you have been older gentlemen um, uh, prior to the 1980s. I was only born in 1979, <laughs> so the damage had been done or was being done when I was growing up. But uh, I've heard a curlew uh, up off one of the offshore islands in Galway uh, that yeah. I was staying in. And of course, the mm. islands are ideal places for them because the farming is not intensive. There's no, there's no mm. tractors, for and example. Things and things don't change. And things don't change. And it's. Quite eerie sort of sound, I suppose you'd say. But I'd hope now that the Shivakti is being a place where things might be left alone as well, that yeah. they might be encouraged back. I mean, farmers get a lot of money through glass, I think, mm, uh, yeah. formerly reps, um, for protecting the yeah. curlew yeah, yeah. if they know they're in the, on the farm. Okay, we need to go on very quickly. Just to mention, the All Stars are on page. Uh, 16 of the, the Clare Record, the Scarlet oh, yeah. Bay Community mm. Radio All-Stars Award, which took place on Saturday evening last weekend. And a lovely picture of the man who's missing this evening, uh, Pat, John S. Kelly. <laughs> oh yeah, John, John S. is there. Uh, he's, 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 he's here he's, in print he's, anyway. He's, he's, he's pondering there uh, <laughs> with, 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 with a, a, a central sign behind him. He's got a big <laughs> smile on his face anyway. Whatever he's well, John S. was, you know, he got the, given the honour from the sports department of the radio station of presenting, presenting the, the, the award. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why he has a smile. Yeah. Congratulations to you too, Jim, and the radio station because it takes an awful lot of work and I know you, you have pioneered this particular um, event and it seems to be growing from success to success. It is, it is, and very much valued by the players as well, you know, the, the honour of it. Listen, yeah. another photograph is in the Clare Champion and uh, normally when we talk about Parik McMahon we talk about the Clare Echo. <laughs> But um, Pat, he's, he features yeah, he's, in, the he's in the sports section. Yeah, his photograph is here, in the opposition this week. Yeah. So. It's great. <laughs> it is great that the Clare Champion yeah. published it. And, and he's, he's after one of your lads. He's, after, he's, he's, uh, he's having a great battle here with my neighbour, uh, Colin Cleary, in, in the game over in America this week. Um, unfortunately, it didn't go well for the, for the Blues. Um, uh, uh, okay, that's beat him 419 to 119. And I was at the match, it was a great game, no? it was a very, very, very competitive game. And um, so it's nice to see him there in the opposition yes, side, anyway. It is the opposition paper. Listen, again, we're rushing a small bit now. A bike appeal. David. Yeah, this is a nice one. Ukrainian, this is page nine. Ukrainian bike appeal, it's an ad in the paper. Ukrainian bike appeal. Do you have a bike or bikes that you no longer use? Would you like to help Ukrainian families in County Clare by providing them with a free bike? Unwanted bikes can be dropped off to the Central Waste Management Facility, Ballyduff Beg in Ina. Um, and bikes must be obviously fairly roadworthy and pretty in good condition. 
Um, so I think it's a great idea uh, for it's always bikes around the place. If you particularly with you, with growing children and they grow out of the place, yeah, yeah. Mm. So um, if you have any bikes, that's the way to do it. Drop it off to the waste management facility there in Ina. Why why they didn't have I mean this is the council I think doing this. Why don't they, they don't open up the wa- other waste management yeah. facilities for the yeah. rest of us? Sure, I don't know. I, I'm sure Scarif would be able to take them and, yeah. and there's a place in Shannon, a, a facility exactly. in Shannon and you have a facility in Innes, you'd hmm. imagine they there'd be there could be left yeah. into those. Uh, you would, because areas. you 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 know, someone in Whitegate isn't going to bring a bike up to Ina. No. Whereas, exactly. you yeah. know, it's... It's it's, it's, it's somewhere on Scarif. Yeah. You'd have East Clare bring them into yeah. Scarif. And, yeah. uh, you know, it's, it's, a it's, a, it's a good idea. It's a pity no. that they didn't, uh, they didn't yeah. spread it uh, I just see um, uh, a couple of lines on the paper there last week as well. Uh, we didn't mention it last week. Well, they were looking for football. If you would, any good uh, football boots are... You know, um, the, the, it's given to the kids as well. Yeah. So I think just the lines problem. You know, so someone was organising yeah. it. So yeah. if um, if you you often have kids throw their boots and you're the good pair at home, and if they could, um, you know, give them to the Ukrainians and help them out with yeah, the Pat, darkness into light is being promoted as well this week, isn't it? Yeah, darkness into light is on on um, Saturday week. Oh, oh, no, next Saturday. I'm, I'm, I'm hitting myself here. Yeah. Um, uh, you, you, you've um, six six uh, events, six events uh, over next weekend, uh, Jim. Um, it's on the Saturday, Friday and Saturday, Friday night and Saturday morning, and um, I suppose it's a, a really good cause. And um, they're hoping to raise four million over uh, over over the whole country. So uh, you have um, you have four centres in 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 Clare. Um, I think most of them are the one one is in this. Well, yeah, you have Six Mile Bridge, Kilmehill, Shannon, and Innes. Uh, on on um, on Saturday nights on Saturday night, Saturday morning. Yes. Yeah. So, it's anyone, you know, it's a it's a very worthy cause and. Uh, people should maybe could contribute. Uh, you can you can you can get um, there on the paper where you can contribute if you can't attend on the night on the on the morning. Okay, so that brings us to the end of our show today. Uh, hopefully, uh, at home you would have enjoyed maybe and had a, have a look. And we ask you very much, or we we promote the idea of the local print media here in County Clare and that it should be supported. Uh, many thanks, Pat O'Brien. Thanks, Jim. And David Fleming. Thanks, Jim. Oh, and Cork. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he'd, he'd, he'd get something in before we finished. Well, anyway, Pat, I suppose we'll have to humour him <laughs> with a piece of music at the end. So we're, we're supposed to finish up today, Jim. We're, we're going out as the match is, is, is in motion. So um, we'll have the banks of my own lovely leave from Sean O'Shea. Oh, lovely. And uh, we might play a small bit of it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, thank you very much for listening. Uh, we'll talk to you again next Sunday, please God, at uh, 2 pm. For now, from all of us here, goodbye and God bless.